The following is a ministry of City Life Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We hope you find this teaching encouraging and instructive. Perhaps you are currently a follower of Christ or are perplexed, skeptical, or even antagonistic to Christianity. Regardless, we would love to hear from you. Please contact us at info at citylifetc.org. Thank you for listening, and please contact us if we can be of service to you. Peace be with you. Today's scripture reading is from Ezekiel 47, 1 through 12. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore. From Engedi to Eneglaim, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This is the word of the Lord. Now, Ezekiel 47 is probably my favorite passage. And I've preached several sermons from it. Two years ago, my first sermon here at City Life was from Ezekiel 47, and I kept it within the suggested 35 minutes. Two weeks ago, I preached this sermon at a Pentecostal church um, in Canada, and I asked the pastor if he wanted me to be done after 30 minutes. He said, no, we allow the Holy Spirit here to uh, just give you all the words that he wants you to say, so however long. So I preached for 50 minutes from this passage. Now I have the, uh, the, the daunting... Uh, challenge of trying to keep it to just a few minutes, Um, and so I'm going to keep it, try to keep it to just a few minutes. You might want to go to prayer right now. Ezekiel 47, um, essentially, uh, you know, instead of giving you a big introduction with a great story, let me just get r- cut right to the chase. Ezekiel 47 is essentially saying to you 
that your primary mission in life, your primary mission in life, the reason why you're even alive, the reason why you exist, your primary mission in life is to participate with God in his mission. And there are three things that I would like us to take out of this text uh, this morning. The first thing is you need to see the river of God's mission. You see that in verse 6. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Have you seen this? So the temple from which this water is flowing is the symbol of the presence of God. It is God from whom the water of life flows. God is a missionary God. God is a God who is present with people because he desires to have his eternal life flow into their souls because he desires that his work of salvation become part of their lives and eternity. God is a missionary God. He is the temple from whom the waters of life flow. And what essentially this passage is saying to us is that God is the God who gives life to the dead. I want you to look carefully at verse 9. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh, so that everything will live where the rivers go. Commentators tell us that actually what's, what the Hebrew is saying here is that these fish come alive after being dead when they begin to swim in this particular river. God, the missionary God, brings people to new life in him by giving them the waters of salvation. I am sure that Jesus had in mind this passage when he decided not to take the usual comfortable route from Galilee to down to Judea, which bypassed Samaria. But he went directly into Samaria because he had an appointment with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. And when he met up with her, he said to her, woman, if you knew who was offering you eternal water, you would take it and never thirst again. Now, this river of life, you notice, becomes deeper and wider as it flows. It is essentially to us a picture of the gospel flowing down through the ages. And it is essentially, this river is the mainstream of history. If you take anything with you from this sermon, I want you to take that with you. 
God's river of eternal life is the mainstream of history. It is essentially, from the perspective of reality, what history is all about. Most of us are used to thinking history is about me living a good life for the short while that I'm on earth. Or it's about all the political movements going on that I need to stay in touch with and also vote for the right party. Or some of us think that it has to do with the economic well-being of the world. Now the fact of the matter is, all these things are important, but they are only rivulets that flow into the mainstream of history. The mainstream of history, what history is all about and has been all about since the very beginning, is God bringing the river of life to people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. That's what history is all about. I want to show you very quickly how that theme runs through the scriptures. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 10, we're now in the Garden of Eden, and it reads this, A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. We're essentially now doing back to the future. We're going way back to the beginning, and we're realizing that there was a river that gave life to the Garden of Eden, to paradise, to the way things were the way they were supposed to be, in their pristine and complete environment. And then that river divides into four rivers. You will then notice that um, as this river flows north, south, east, and west, God gives his promise in Genesis 12, verse 3, to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You move on uh, into passages like Isaiah. The gospel of Isaiah is filled with the promises that God's gospel is going to go to people of every tongue, tribe, and nation. You take Isaiah 11, verse 9. The knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You take a passage like uh, Isaiah 43, uh, one of my wife's favorite passages in Scripture. Fear not, verse 5, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who was called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And then you have in Acts chapter 2, all those different nationalities of Jews gathering in Jerusalem the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit falls on them, and what happens is that the church that was ethnic in the form of Israel now becomes international, and what happens is that that little drop of water that began, began with uh, Adam or Abraham and then became a little brook in the form of Israel now becomes a wide river, just like in Ezekiel 47. And the gospel begins to go as we read in the book of Acts, to, uh, to people in every possible direction. 
people of every possible background. That's back to the future going back. Now what the scriptures promise as we go into the future is Romans 11:25. Jesus will return again and and but he will not return before we see the fullness of the Gentiles coming in and all Israel will be saved. And then as one of us prayed so marvelously Uh, Revelation 7, 9 the other night when a few of us were gathered to uh, pray for our church plant, Revelation 7, 9 gives us a picture of where in the future or what in the future this is all going to look like. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And Scripture ends like this, and with this picture. Listen to this. Revelation 22, verse Verses 1 and 2. Then the angel, we're now in heaven, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. You have the river that began in the Garden of Eden, ending in the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and the new earth, having gathered in from the shores people of every tongue, tribe, and nation for an eternal and grand proclamation of people in all languages, all skin colors, all cultural backgrounds, praising Jehovah for giving his salvation to the millions and billions of people from every background. The important thing for you and me to take away from this morning is you need to see the river of God's mission and understand that's the mainstream of history. That's why we're here. So the second thing we need to do is to step into the river of God's mission. Understand that your purpose in life is to join God's mainstream mission. Understand that your calling is to follow him. You notice here in Ezekiel 47, when this so-called son of man, the prophet Ezekiel himself, um, meets up with uh, with, with the Lord The Lord calls him to step into the water, and then it always says, and he led me, and he led me, and he led me. So your calling in life is to follow the Lord in his mission. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, John 20, verse 21, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. 
It's your purpose. It's your calling. It's your primary vocation. You have a vocation, but you have a vocation in order to practice your primary vocation in your vocation. See, you notice that as this river flows, there are fishermen on the shores. And you will read that these fishermen spread their nets out to catch the fish. And when you read that, I'm sure... Well, I'm not sure, but I know that I was immediately reminded of Jesus calling Peter. He said, follow me, and I will make you a fisherman. I will make you a fisher of men. You can't separate the two. You can't just be a follower of Jesus. Because once you become a follower of Jesus, he will lead you into the deeper waters and he will make you into a fisherman who catches the fish in those waters. It's your primary vocation and it is your global embrace. You will see in verse 10 that it says in Ezekiel 47 specifically that what the fishermen caught were fish of every kind. Not just your kind. Every kind. The person who looks completely different than you do, the person who acts completely different than you do, the person who has a completely different lifestyle than you do, the person who has a different skin color than you do, you have been placed on the banks of the river of life to be a fisherman to those people. There's a scene in um, The Chosen that I absolutely love. You know, Matthew plays a big role in season one, and he, he is really strange. I mean, the way he's presented in The Chosen in that series, he's, um, uh, he, he, just, he, he just acts like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to, He's just really strange. And, and, and the disciples know him because they look at him as someone who has betrayed them. He has betrayed Judaism because, uh, because he's working for the Romans. He's collecting taxes from the Jews to give to the Romans. And so they all, the Jews just hated Matthew for being what looked like pro-Roman. And then there's this day, it's a great scene in The Chosen, where Jesus walks by where Matthew is collecting taxes, and he walks by and then he stops, and then he looks back again and he says, follow me. And in this scene, Matthew runs out from the tax booth, and Peter says to Jesus, you can't call him to be part of us, he's different. And Jesus says, get used to different. See, that's a kingdom value, is get used to different. Because you have been placed on earth, and you have become a follower of Jesus in order to get into the lives of the people who are different. Because they are the people he wants you to catch in the net of grace.
And so we start at the shallow end, don't we? We start with ourselves. We say, we can't do this. We don't have the courage. We don't have the confidence. Always remember what Jesus said, John 7, 38, that this living water, when it flows into you, it will become a fountain of life that will well up within you and gush out from you. Jesus will take care of it. You ask him to help you step into these waters. You ask him to give you the passion for the people who are different. And then you go deeper. Uh, as, you, as you meet people, I've heard it from several of you already, that as you have met people, you have now learned that whenever they say something to you about a need in their life, you just immediately say, hey, can I pray for you? And you put a hand on their shoulder and you just go to prayer almost so quickly that they can't even say no. And the fact is, no matter what religion people are from or no religion, they feel special or privileged if somebody will pray for them. So much so they're afraid to say no. I have prayed with prostitutes on the street. I have prayed with Muslims. I have prayed with Hindus. I have, and nobody turns down the request, may I pray for you? And that's how you can, even through your prayer, start to bring God or the concept of God or the concept of a God who is present and cares or a God who has cared so much that he gave his only begotten son onto the cross that whosoever believes in him will not perish into their lives. And so quickly now, let me just say this. As I know you're saying, we can't do this. You're absolutely right. You cannot do this on your own, in your own strength. None of us can do it. I can't do it. You can't do it in our own strength. So once we've seen the river of God's mission and step into the river of God's mission, the third and ultimate thing we need to do is to submerge yourself into the Christ of God's mission. He who is referred to here as son of man, Ezekiel, actually points us to a greater son of man. And it takes us back again to Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14, where it says, One like a son of man appeared before the Ancient of Days. And the Ancient of Days bestowed on him authority and rule over all the nations. And isn't it beautiful how he who constantly described himself as the Son of Man after his resurrection appeared to the disciples and said, essentially, now you have the evidence. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This Son of Man is the authority today over all the nations. This son of man, Jesus, he stepped into our river, into our world. This son of man is the life of the river. He is the one who can make the deadest people alive. And he is, in fact, the one who gave his life so that you and I might live 
forever. And he rose from the dead, and that is indeed the evidence that nobody else in all the history of mankind and nobody else as a religious leader today, nobody else but Jesus is the authority over all nations. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the one who is moving history to that culminating point when he comes again as the triumphant king. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. And he is the one, this Son of Man, who will renew all things, who will make out of the old heaven and the old and fallen earth a new heaven and a new earth. And he will give the healing of the nations. This Son of Man, in him we are participants with him in this river. We are fishermen. We are trees of life whose leaves give healing to the nations. And so if you want to experience the primary purpose for why you are alive today, you have to get into Christ. You have to get yourself into Christ. Because Christ, the Son of Man, the Lord of Lords, gives you the strength, gives you the courage, gives you the confidence, and gives you the words, and gives you the transformed life with which you step into the river, which is the mainstream of history. And you begin to participate with God in his mission. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for uh, everyone whom uh, we have heard from today who has taken this step into the river to be a missionary for you. And we, we realize that you are calling each and every one of us who are followers of Jesus to step into this river to uh, experience this river, but also to become participants with you in giving new life to others who are yet on the banks and who are thirsty and who are hungry and who do not yet know that if they will dive into Christ, they will receive this life-giving and eternal water that will quench their thirst. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill each and every one of us with your Holy Spirit to make us missionaries wherever we live, wherever, whatever we work, whoever our friends are, and that we participate with you in your mission. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a ministry of City Life Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We hope you were encouraged by this teaching. Thank you for listening, and please contact us at info at citylifetc.org if we can be of service to you. Peace be with you.